developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Open your arms to a cabbage patch kid. You really feel the music with a Sony Walkman. In the new issue of TV Guide. That nostalgic feeling is so powerful. A sound or a smell can throw you right back to erasing the chalkboard in your third grade class. Don't those clips just take you back in time? Some might say, maybe it was a simpler time. Coming from someone who has spent their entire career talking about new and growing, exciting technology, you might be surprised that I actually enjoy those nostalgic moments. I love looking back at gadgets and products that really helped us get to where we are today. We have to say goodbye to the old and welcome the new. I'd say most of us are happy that we didn't have to ride that horse and buggy to work today. Thank you, Mr. Ford, for that. And yes, the unstoppable march of progress has definitely left some casualties along the way. So many parts of our daily lives that were once so common have almost completely disappeared. Don't believe me? Okay, let's start with this. When was the last time you set a message on your home answering machine? Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Or you search for change in your pocket so that, yes, you could use a payphone. Speaking of, when's the last time you actually memorized somebody else's phone number? Or do you remember using a phone book? Take the first step. Let your fingers do the walking through the Bell System Yellow Pages. For so many years, these things were as common to do as, say, getting a morning cup of coffee. Well, without the high price of Starbucks. But now the payphone and the phone book hanging off of it, along with so many other things, have gone the way of the dinosaur. Thanks to progress and thanks to technology, thanks to a ton of engineers and smarty pants. I'm America's digital pro, Kim Commando. And in this Commando On Demand podcast, we're going to explore the things that technology has relegated to the dustbin of history. You might be surprised about what I have in store for you. So you don't want to miss a moment of this podcast because from commando.com, this is Commando On Demand, where we talk to industry shakers and movers to keep you up to date on everything digital. And in this podcast, going to be a little bit different. We're going to have some fun. We're going to take this total trip down memory lane. But first, I have to give a quick thank you to our partners whose support helps make it all happen. Anyone who grew up in the 20th century knows that sound well. So it's strange to think that the teenagers who graduated from high school this year probably have no idea what that sound is. Payphones are nearly as old as the phone itself. Okay, a little history lesson. It'll make you smarter, so pay attention. Shortly after Alexander Graham Bell patented the telephone, do you remember what year that was? Let me tell you, it was 1876. The first payphones made their appearance. Before the coin-operated phone was invented in 1889, 
people used to actually hand over their coin to an attendant who would then dial the number for them. For decades, the payphone was a common feature on street corners and shopping malls all across America. At their peak, there was about two and a half million payphones in the entire country. So let me ask you a question. How many payphones do you think there are in existence right now? Okay, you can say the number out loud. How many? Okay, you're wrong. There's about 100,000. The smartphone has totally rendered the phone booth obsolete. Speaking of a phone booth, a few years ago when Ian was younger, my son, I saw a phone booth and I said, hey, Ian, what do you think that's for? He looked at me and he said, well, so you could take your smartphone in and have a private phone call. I tried to explain to him that you used to actually have to take a phone off the hook. And do you remember how gross they were? They were so dirty. So suffice to say, phone booths have been largely ripped out of the most urban centers, leaving poor Clark Kent, oh, nowhere to change into Superman. How's that? Easy, miss. I've got you. You, You've got me? Who's got you? (laughs) I, I can't believe it. I just... I just cannot believe it. He got her. And always hanging around those payphones was the all-important phone book, another relic of a bygone age. Phone books are still published every year in most cities. But as far as I can tell, no one has really used one since 1999 or so. The cell phone has rendered the phone book useless in a few ways. You can look up the numbers of anything you want on Google. And because phone books really only list landlines, it's impossible to find anyone's actual number in them. So many people don't even have a landline anymore. But for a long time, the phone book was essential. That's why those detectives and Hollywood movies were always ripping pages out of them. Never again will anyone be as excited about the phone book as Steve Martin was in the movie, The Jerk. The new phone book's here! The new phone book's here! Well, I wish I could get that excited about something. Nothing! Are you kidding? I'm in print. Things are going to start happening to me now. Okay, so no one was really ever that excited about the phone book. But its disappearance coincides with another part of phone culture that has also disappeared. I'm talking about remembering someone's phone number. Do you remember your first phone number? Can you recite it right now? I know mine. It was 727-2929. I don't know why I still remember it, because I don't even know my PIN number, but I can remember my very first phone number. Nobody knows anybody's phone number anymore. Our smartphone does it for us, which is great until you lose the phone, or maybe you actually have to dial somebody's phone number. They say that letting our technology do our remembering for us is so common now, there's a term for it. It's called digital amnesia. A few years ago, a security company did a survey about digital amnesia. 71% of people reported not being able to remember their kids' phone numbers. 87% didn't know their children's school phone number. But more than half, 53% could instantly remember their home phone number from when they were kids. That's how come I remember my home phone number from being a child. Almost 100% of us, okay, the exact number is 91% of us, say that we rely on our digital devices to remember things for us. 
So basically, all these gadgets and gizmos have become extensions of our brain, and we do a pretty terrible job of securing those devices. A really small number of us use security software on our smartphones and tablets, and that just totally leaves us wide open to hackers. I mean, imagine if all those numbers in your phone book disappeared one day. Okay, if there's one thing that I'm really nostalgic for, it's my music collection, and especially this sound. Ah, oh, yes, you know what that is. That's the warm crackle of a vinyl record instantly, just bringing back a ton of memories, doesn't it? Remember how you used to cherish your record, your cassette, or your CD collection? Think about all the effort it took to lug around those hundreds of CDs or records every single time you moved. It looks ridiculous in hindsight, but for a very long time, it seemed worth the effort. Our music collections were among our most prized possessions. All right, digital streaming downloads, they now account for two thirds of all music purchased in the United States now. CDs, smaller and compact, were the answer to records until they weren't. Now CD sales have totally cratered, but at its peak, Americans purchase nearly a billion CDs every year. Today, the CD market is less than a tenth of that. The collapse of the vinyl record market is even more extreme. At its peak in the 1980s, Americans purchased over 2 billion LPs and EPs. In 1983, Michael Jackson's Thriller sold 66 million copies alone in just a year. And by the time the 90s rolled around, record sales plummeted to less than a million sales. But they weren't put out to pasture just yet. Nostalgia for records has given the vinyl market a bit of a boost over the last few years. Sales in vinyl records have increased every year since 2008. Last year, Americans purchased over 3 million records. It's still a small fraction of the market, but it's a sign that this technology may not disappear entirely. Cassette tapes have also made a small resurgence lately. For audiophiles, that might come as a particular shock because cassette tapes were really convenient, except when they weren't, but they really didn't sound very well. And they would always clog up your player, the magnetic tape would become snarled. You know, that's what we thought that a pencil was for, was to put it all back together. But cassettes had this amazing ability to be re-recorded on our home stereos. It ushered in the age of the so-called mixtape. It was a magical time when you could fit all of your favorite songs into one convenient pile of plastic. And what better way to express your undying love for your high school crush than through a carefully chosen mixtape? But there were some important rules when it came to mixtapes. Now, the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art, many do's and don'ts. First of all, you're using someone else's poetry to express how you feel. This is a delicate thing. So for this one, I'm thinking, you gotta kick it off with a killer to grab attention. Then you gotta take it up a notch, but you don't wanna blow your wad, so then you gotta cool it off a notch. There are a lot of rules. Anyway, I've started to make a tape in my head. A lot of us spent our high school years trying to perfect the art of the mixtape. Today, the mixtape has been replaced with something that we call the digital playlist. It's still the same idea, but there was something special about the time and effort it took to make a great compilation cassette tape. And speaking of tapes, oh, the poor VHS tape. 
This marvel of the 70s turned the movie industry right on its head. By the 1980s, a trip to the local video store, or maybe it was even a blockbuster, was a weekly or maybe even a daily occurrence. Wow. I'll watch these fast and have them back tomorrow, I promise. Relax, at Blockbuster you can keep your videos for three evenings, so take home plenty and, and use our 24-hour quick drop. It's really hard to explain to young folks what a revolution the VHS player was. Instead of having to go to the movie theater or wait for your favorite movies to play on TV, Ah, the VHS player lets you watch whatever movie you wanted, whenever you wanted it. The reign of the VHS tape was ended by the first DVD in the late 90s, and then especially, well, streaming services like Netflix. But even after the rise of the DVD, many of us still kept our old VHS player for something else that the DVD player could never do. You know that. We wanted to tape our favorite shows. Well, why do you need to tape your show anymore? We now have on-demand streaming. But for a long time, if you wanted to watch an episode of your favorite show, you had to record it on VHS. The quality was terrible, but at least you didn't miss or you could find your favorite episodes of Twin Peaks or Dallas. You went to the office that night with JR's gun. It was you, Kristen, who shot JR. Unlike vinyl records, VHS tapes aren't going to be making a comeback anytime soon. Modern video technology has totally replaced VHS tapes, leaving billions of tapes to collect dust in our basements and thrift shops. But I loved VHS tapes. A lot of people don't know this, but back in the 90s, I was the computer tutor. Yes, I sold over 100,000 computer lessons on VHS tapes, so I have a fond, fond memory of VHS tapes. And in case you'd like to laugh, go over to YouTube and search for Computer Tutor with a K, of course. Welcome to the Computer Tutor. On this tape, you'll soon learn how to avoid the 29 biggest computer mistakes. Okay. All right, so phones, records, CDs, tapes. Yeah, they're all taking their place on history shelves. What about some of our other everyday former essentials? I was in Los Angeles driving around with my son Ian last week. And he said to me, how do you know exactly where to drive everywhere in L.A.? And I explained to him, well, you know, I used to live in L.A., so I kind of know my way around. And in those days, we had something called the Thomas Guide. It was actually a spiral-bound book of maps for all these different places in Los Angeles County. And to find anything, imagine, as I was telling Ian, that you had to find the place in the map book, open it up, put it on the passenger seat, and then you got to the end of that page, and then you'd have to, like, figure out how to turn the page to get to, like, the next part of the map. Ian looked at me like, what? Speaking of, when is the last time you ever opened a map? Opening it was one thing, but gosh, do you remember the nightmare of trying to fold it back up the right way? And then, of course, you had to shove it into the glove compartment. How often do you tell time by the hands on a clock? Do kids nowadays even know about hands on a clock? There's a whole movement that says, why are we even teaching kids to read hands on a clock? Everything's digital. And do you remember when you actually had to call a phone number to find out what time a movie was playing? Hello and welcome to Movie Phone. That's right, Movie Phone's an app now. What about running to the store for a last minute gift and hoping that, well, it wasn't a Sunday because the stores were closed and you were just out of luck? No need to think ahead now because we've got tons and tons of options for same day delivery. 
How about tracking down a friend or a family member? We never knew where anyone was unless they answered their phone at home. There was no way to find out exactly where they were on their way to meet you. Or maybe they got a flat and they needed help. Now all we need is an app and we can pinpoint anyone's precise location. It sounds a little stalkerish, but the Find My Friends app requires everyone to sign up for the service, so then you can decide who knows where you're located and when. But speaking of keeping in touch with friends and family, it's gotten a heck of a lot easier, even though you may not like it. Still, a lot of people are on Facebook. Then there's FaceTime, there's Skype, there's Facebook Messenger, emails, texts. Geez, when's the last time you actually sat down to write a letter? Or better yet, you had to lick the stamp to mail it. Do you remember when banks would send you back your canceled checks? Yeah, that seems kind of crazy now, doesn't it? What a waste of paper. And speaking of paper, I still remember getting the Sunday paper and search for the funnies. Do you remember the funnies? It was always a big hit. And my grandparents would just love to share newspaper clippings. Now we just tap or click a button to share a story. But back then, you'd actually have to cut it out of the paper, put it in an envelope, write a little note, and then send it through the mail. I'm not really sure how much longer newspapers are going to last. I mean, think about it. We get our news instantaneously. And in a lot of ways, tech has made our lives easier, especially if you're not a mathematician. You can probably appreciate the fact that you don't need to try to figure out percentages in your head anymore or carry around a calculator to add up that grocery bill. We have smartphones for just about everything. Some apps can even solve this really complex equation just by taking a photo of it. In case you want to check it out, just search the App Store for an app called PhotoMath. By the way, I'm just letting you know that it actually works when the kids come to you and say, Hey mom, do you know what the answer is or how do I solve this? You can just kind of take that piece of paper into another room, take a picture, instantaneously get the answer. And then the kids will look at you and go, Wow, you're so smart. Aside from math, how often do you or your kids actually open a dictionary? Do you even have a dictionary in your house? What about autocorrect? It takes everything a step further, correcting our mistakes even before we realize that we actually made them. But you have to be really careful with autocorrect. It can get you into some real trouble if it replaces a wrong word. It's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. But what about this story? The mom who texted her daughter that mom and dad were going to Disney. Except autocorrect changed it to divorce. Yikes. There are just so many things we just don't need to do anymore. Stay right where you are. There's another analog technology that has been totally wiped out by the rise of all things digital. Any guesses? Come on. What do you think? But first, let me take a selfie. Plus, why the feeling of nostalgia once held such a negative connotation that the medical field actually labeled it a disease? But first, a word from our sponsor. Those of a certain age remember how totally amazing was the first time you saw a Polaroid camera. Instead of having to take your film to the local drugstore to be developed, the Polaroid lets you see your snapshot instantly. Well, almost instantly. (laughs) 
only a tiny, tiny minority of photo fans still take pictures with Polaroids or film cameras. Of course, our obsession with the snapshot hasn't gone away. If anything, the age of Instagram and Snapchat has only increased our shutterbug tendencies. The sales of camera film are a tiny fraction what they used to be. As a matter of fact, Polaroid went bankrupt in 2011. Even the once mighty Kodak. I still can't believe how Kodak missed the entire digital revolution. They went into receivership in 2012. But I think we've lost something important in this transition from film to digital. I'm talking about the photo album. When was the last time you actually made a photo album? For most of us, our entire family life is contained in these heartfelt, embarrassing photo albums. A recent study showed that only about 25% of the digital photos we take are reprinted, which actually makes sense because when you go on vacation, it's not like you take 24, 36, or 48 pictures anymore. The last time you went on vacation, I bet you took, oh, I don't know, a few hundred pictures, just in case. So millions of pictures are never downloaded off our phones or tablets. But it just doesn't feel the same to swipe through dozens of recently taken pictures than to actually sit down and feel the memories. This sense of nostalgia, sometimes longing when we come across an old piece of technology is pretty common. But for a long time, nostalgia was considered a disease. That's right. That term was first coined hundreds of years ago. A Swiss medical student noticed that soldiers fighting in foreign wars became depressed when thinking about their homes. Waiting on letters from home. Thankfully, over time, nostalgia has become associated with positive rather than negative emotions. And that's been great news for marketeers. Products that remind us of our childhood are everywhere. My brother sent me this box for my birthday. And I was like, you know, he's never really been good at picking presents, if you get my drift. So my mother's like, did you get Ricky's present? I'm like, "Mm, not yet. I'm hoping for it any day now. So if the box arrives... I send Ian out to go get the box off the driveway. He brings it in. And reluctantly, I look at the box and I get a knife and I'm peeling it off. And then inside, there's all this cellophane and aluminum. And I don't really know what else it was. So I peel that away. I'm thinking, okay, what did Ricky get me this year? I will tell you, last year, he got me a T-shirt that said, yes, I was really born that year and I am this old. That's what I'm talking about. That's what kind of gifts I get from my brother. So I open up this box and inside, oh my gosh, inside there are candy cigarettes. Do you remember eating them as a kid? Gosh, I totally do. What about those little wax bottles? How about bubblegum cigars? What about Mary Jane's and bit of honeys? Anyway, in this box, there was all this candy from my childhood. Of course, I had to sample each one. And then Ian comes in, he looks at me, he says, candy cigarettes? Where's the filter? It's easy to predict a time when the only culture will be nostalgic culture. And that's exactly what Steven Spielberg did in his recent movie. And if you haven't seen this yet, it's fabulous. It's Ready Player One. It tells the story of a future where everyone lives in this giant virtual reality game. I was born in 2027, after the corn syrup droughts, after the bandwidth riots, after people stopped trying to fix problems and just tried to outlive them. In 2045, Columbus is the fastest growing city on earth. 
It's where Halliday and Morrow started gregarious games. These days, reality is a bummer. Everyone's looking for a way to escape. And that's why Halliday, that's why he was such a hero to us. He showed us that we could go somewhere without going anywhere at all. James Halliday saw the future, and then he built it. He gave us a place to go, a place called the Oasis. In the game, there's a place called the Oasis, and everyone takes the form of their favorite movie, avatar, video game character. Batman can drive the DeLorean from Back to the Future up to the hotel from The Shining. The whole thing is this giant nostalgia machine. You have 80s music always playing in the background. Marketeers are increasingly taking advantage of our love of the past. Big brands like Coca-Cola and Lego have been developing ads that play on those emotions. Even Microsoft is trying its hand at marketing to those who remember the 90s with fondness. You might not remember us, but we met in the 90s. We are members of Generation Y, as in yin-yang, yo-yo. Life moved a little slower. Disks were square. Desktop folders had personality. Extra storage space was just a zipper away. The future was bright. You grew up. So did we. In the last few years, Nintendo has released faithful recreations of their classic NES and Super NES consoles. And next year, Atari will release a new system. It looks an awful lot like the 2600 game console that they became famous for back in the 1970s. Nostalgia sells. Clay Rutledge is a professor at North Dakota State University. He studies the psychology of nostalgia. In a recent TED Talk, he revealed the reason why nostalgia marketing is so effective. Nostalgia makes us feel good, and I hope you enjoyed this little trip to the past. Share some of your thoughts with me. What things do you miss that have been replaced by new technology? Send me an email. I read each and every one. Head over to commando.com and click the Contact Us button at the bottom of the page. You can also reach out to me on Twitter, at Kim Commando. I do take a look at every tweet that everybody sends. Or you can always call me on my show. I'd love to hear from you. I actually record my national radio show on Fridays from, say, noon to 3 p.m. And the phone number's simple. It's one 825 5254 Let me say that again, just in case you want to write it down. It's one 825 5254 
If you're not already getting the Kim Commando show on your local radio station, you're totally missing out. It's three hours every single weekend, just jam-packed. And because you love podcasts, you can get the Kim Commando show podcast too. You just have to join Kim's Club. It's less than five bucks a month. We have senior military and service personnel discounts available too. You can learn more at getkim.com. Once again, that's getkim.com. And if you just want to find your local radio station, we have 400 top stations from coast to coast. Head over to commando.com slash radio. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O.com slash radio. And thanks for joining us. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. 